Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Elixir Mix. This week on our panel, we have Alan Weima. Hello, hello. We also have Eric Bolakowski. Hello from Berlin. We have a new panelist. We have Adi. I can't remember your last name, Adi. Oh, it's Adi Iyengar. Yeah, nice to be here. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we're talking to Sasha Wolf. Sasha, do you want to, you work for Better Docs and you've written a whole bunch of interesting blog posts. I looked at a couple, but do you want to just let people know kind of what your background is with Elixir and where, where you kind of come from with all of this stuff? Yeah, sure. So as first of all, hello from Germany too. So that's nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm working with Elixir for the past four years now. Two of those are with my current employer, Better Doc, and I actually used to work as an iOS developer with like the occasional PHP dabbling and I always found the backend work more interesting so when I then switched companies I looked for something where I could work more on the backend and I ended up at a company which used Elixir which was my first introduction into the language and I very much liked it so uh, that's why I still do it today with my with another company and not the one where I started doing things in the first place. Nice. Did you work your tail off to get that senior developer gig just to realize that senior dev doesn't actually mean dream job? I've been there too. My first senior developer job was at a place where all of our triumphs were the bosses and all the failures were ours. The second one was a great place to continue to learn and grow, only for it to go under due to poor management. And now I get job offers from great places to work all the time. Not only that, but the last job interview I actually sat in was a discussion about how much my podcast had helped the people interviewing me. If you're looking for a way to get into your dream job, then join our Dev Heroes Accelerator. Not only will we help you get the kind of exposure that makes you attractive to your dream employer, but you'll be able to ask them for top dollar as well. Check it out at devheroesaccelerator.com. Now, we we initially reached out to you about blog posts about SSL and plug a plug that manage that, but I think we're going to talk about behaviors in boilerplate and the Elixir library mocks, which creates test mocks and stuff like that. Do you want to just kind of give us the, I guess, the story behind this? Because what I find is if we ask what the blog post is about, we kind of get kind of a, a rundown of what it's about. But if I ask what the story is behind it, then we get the, well, we were dealing with this problem and we found this awesome solution. And that's always way more interesting. So, so you want to just fill us in as far as like how you came to a place where you were using a solution like a Mox and what the problem was that it actually solved for you? Uh, yeah, sure. So it's actually one of our internal projects, like nothing which is like end customer facing, but something which is used by colleagues at our company internally. And that there we had um, like a scenario where we wanted to provide um, authentication, but pluggable authentication because currently authentication happens through like an old monolith of ours and that might change in the future so that's why we wanted to make it pluggable which is where the behavior came in and then we thought a lot about okay how can we basically make this pluggable right but how can we swap out the implementation how we can we configure it and something i've seen in the past in a few places is that there's like some function called for example implementation on the behavior which fetches the actual implementation, but I always found that clunky, to be honest. And so I was thinking it would be pretty cool if we could just call this one module on the functions of the behavior and just this takes care of the integrity stuff of like actually forwarding it, 
to the real implementation. But then we ended and we ended up doing that. But the issue then was like if when the behavior evolved, for example, by adding a function or renaming a function, you always had to remember to also rename these forwarding functions. And that's actually where a library I've been I've written came from, which which I called Knigge, where basically we wrote something which takes a behavior and then generates this forwarding uh, at compile time. So then we can now actually uh, just configure it as before, but also use mocks and use mocks to create a test mock for the behavior and plug that in during test time and use it uh, to verify that like certain calls in our code base actually go where we expected to go and happen you know, may where how we expected to happen. Does that answer your question? So is Kniga a word, a German word that means something? It's actually a German name. Like it's a guy uh, which used to live and he wrote a book on the, like basically about how you, how you properly treat people, how to be polite and all, all this kind of stuff. And there's actually, I think, even a whole organization around that, which is like updating the Knigge rules every year. And a lot of people in Germany think like that this Knigge rules are actually pretty overboard and too much in certain areas, but they basically are the, the epitome of good behavior to a certain degree. And so I felt like calling the library Knigge would be a pretty good thing because it's opinionated and how we, we do this. It's not, probably not for everybody, but for us, it means uh, good behaviors. So yeah, that's where the name, name came from. Love it. I think it's a more thought through name than uh, many other JavaScript. Uh, sorry, I was from JavaScript, but <laughs> many libraries that I've seen out there have just these random names. It seems to be well chosen. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed naming this one. Like it came to me at one day and I was like, yes, I'm going to name it. <laughs> I mean, before that, it was like internally when we had like a first prototype, it was called like den delegate generation or something like that, right? Just just to have something. But mm. yeah, Knigge is a lot more, not catchier. It also reads very nice, use Knigge. So yeah. So what does Knigge do? Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Charles. I was just saying, it just rolls off the tongue too, even in English, so. Yeah, so what, what does Knigge do? You said that, so from where your summary, it sounds like it helps with, you know, really management of callback functions. So if you change a function, you don't need to change it in multiple places. So what else can it do? So like, is it like the goal is to like decrease or I guess like have only one way to manage all the behaviors? Yeah. Yeah, so mostly it actually takes care of like getting a behavior and then generating functions for this behavior and forwarding the calls to those functions to the real implementation, to the one which has been configured through the application environment, through your config files. And it has like a few additional sprinkles on top. For example, you can also, if you have a callback, uh, not a callback, if you have an optional callback, so a behavior with an optional callback, one that you might not have implemented. Like a pattern I've, I've used also myself is that you then have a function which checks, okay, does this implementation actually implement the callback, right? And if not, then do some kind of default. And it also provides a def default, which does exactly that. So, Very cool. Uh, yeah. Very cool. So, so, it, so one of its applications could be to help us use mocks better then, right? Like this yeah, is, basically. So, so like define implementations that could be used based on compile time configurations and just yeah. like a DSL to do that. Very cool. Yeah, Can you yeah. do it for multiple behaviors in a module? Not at the moment. So, I mean, okay. probably you could, to be honest, I've never tried. You probably could use Knigger twice. 
I, I've never literally tried it. I've never, I don't know what would happen, to be honest. I, I think it would probably work. But, okay, okay. You know, very cool, very cool. Never tried it out, so <laughs> to take this, take this with a grain of salt. Okay. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the double knigga. <laughs> yeah, more, more good manners is always a good idea, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to just, just figure this out here. So you're using this on, you said, an authentication library that you're using in your internal app. And so I'm guessing that you're using these mocks to isolate specific behaviors within the within the, the authentication system in order to make sure that like login, log out, stuff like that happens properly, correct? Yeah, basically. So um, it's actually like it's, it's a Phoenix project, which is using that and it, it provides a login mask. But like I said, it currently at the moment, it locks the users in into our old monolith. And for testing, obviously, when you like run a test and say, okay, if like this route here came, comes in, I have written a unit test for that. I, we don't actually want to send a request to this monolith, right? So that's something we want to like to avoid, which is where like mocks then came, comes in and like this, this pluggable implementation comes in. So for testing, we actually, in our config tests file, we have like configured the mock, so the mock from mocks as the implementation for this particular um, module. And then we can in the test say, okay, like this function call, this request here actually called the authentication login method with a function with these and so on parameters. And instead of actually, well, then having to send a request to the real backend, right? Because that would make the test slow and brittle. That was like Sasha, the whole scenario where this came from. Sasha, I have a quick question. I'm having a hard time to actually understand about why would I want to use this, right? So let me give you more of an idea. When I create my code, I usually make a behavior similar to what you do over here. I don't do any delegation. I just make a behavior for when I test and a behavior for when I run it. Obviously, I do see the what you would what you would need if you have like a monolith that you want to lock off maybe in development or something. But you already have something over here where you pull it, we put it into the config. Couldn't you just do that? I mean, why would you need this library? Or maybe I'm asking in terms of a of a user, right? If I if this is good for me, why can't I just use the config directly? Why would I want to use yours over just using config directly? Does that make sense? If that makes sense. That actually where what comes is where the opinionation comes in, right? So for us, it felt very useful and very nice to just call one module and say like, as if this was the real thing. So we, we call authentication login and don't care that this at, under the hood swaps out the implementation between, for example, the development environment or the production environment or the test environment. Um, and it just loads the, the real implementation uh, under the hood when you call the function and delegates it to that. And we felt that was very useful and very, very, very nice because it basically provides encapsulation. Right? The rest of the code doesn't have to care about if this particular module is a, is a behavior or if it has a behavior or that it delegates to something else, that this is not the real deal. It just says, okay, like I, I want to authenticate and I, I don't care how it happens, please authenticate me. And that's where this whole delegation idea came from. And then, uh, I mean, if the blog post talks about it, we then noted that we had this duplication issue, right? Because we have, we have the information about the callbacks and what the arguments of the callbacks are. But then we also have a delegation, which basically specifies the same things again. So that's where we felt like generating this at compile time 
through the specifications of the Corvex would reduce the boilerplate necessary to do this pattern of having this module which just passes the things to the real deal. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Uh, to be honest, no, I, I don't really see. It's hard for me to understand, like, because, like I said, I use config and I just do like you do over here. I do application.getconfig and I pull out the module that I have stubbed for my tests. And then when I run it in like development or production, I use the real module that actually has the real implementation. We actually reach out to whatever service that we need to do. So that's why I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if this would actually be useful for me, but I haven't seen anything in particular that really reaches out and lets me know what's the right thing to do. Like this, like this ad implementation you have over here in your article, I do do something similar to that with my context in Phoenix. And so like I have like a piece of section that will send out like notification, it's like a push notification. If I'm running my test on you send push notifications out to GCM, I would just run through something, just return okay, an okay atom, right? Because it's not really useful. But in real life, obviously I want to actually send a push notification. So that's why, you know, just use a behavior. I make sure that my mock has the same behavior as what I'm expecting and everything kind of works out for my testing. But you're doing a little bit more in here. And I didn't quite get why this would be something that people would want to use over just using config directly. Does, does my question make some more sense or? Yes. I mean, so where do you then actually load the implementation, right? So, so where does this call application get end for fetch and where does, where does that live for you? Inside of my uh, context module, right? You have your context, right? And so at the top, yeah. I have an application that get in my config. I just put the name of the module. So at compile yeah. time, it'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, that, that's a perfectly reasonable way to do things. Just for, for us, it felt nice to encapsulate the fact that we actually have to fetch a configuration inside of the, the module, which also specifies what functions are there. So for the rest of our code base, we just do authentication login. Like and, and nobody, the rest of the code base just doesn't care that this is a behavior. It doesn't care that this has an implementation which it swaps out. And that's also where, where, where I feel the name is appropriate because some people might say like, yeah, I, I don't need that. Like, I, I don't want to do it that way. I, I don't see why that's useful. And it's perfectly fine. It's opinionated. It's help. It works for us. And it's like, it's a nice pattern for us. But I definitely can see why some people would say that's not something I'd like to use. Have you seen use cases by other people using uh, Knigge? I know that at least one other place is using it in production. And I don't know specifics, to be honest, because I mean, I noticed a while ago that um, a package was actually depending on Knigge for, for testing purposes. and. Then I just looked into, okay, what, what was that doing? And I also opened the pull request because we added a new feature in, in Knigge, which was actually helpful in that particular area. And then like the, 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 the person commented on the pull request and said, like, yeah, I'm probably going to swap this out with something else just so people don't have to install Knigge for this package. But yeah, it's great work. We use it at work too. So I can't comment that what exactly they're doing with it, but, but I know that the, the people are using it. It's also, I mean, currently it sits at around 15,000 downloads. So... It's not too too badly used compared to some other smaller packages I've written. So I guess some people find it useful apart from from for ourselves. I I think I'm going to definitely give it a try. I think I might use use Knigga in the behavior module itself. Generally, how I tend to use mocks is the behavior module is like the interface and implementation is separate, like uh, how you have it here. But I think one of the things it does for me, in, on top of reducing the boilerplate code is oftentimes I've seen like just working with different organizations when they use a pattern like this, 
they don't test whether the implementation and test environment that they expect is hooked to the same kind of workflow as the implementation of the dev environment. And this takes away the need to do that because you're getting rid of that boilerplate code. So I really like that it's, if we, if you use this kind of uh, process of defining implementation separate from the behavior, the module that's using behavior, I think this adds more, uh, I guess, uh, determinism to your code. <laughs> so I like this a lot. One thing which, which Knigge also has, which we found useful, is that it ships with a mixed task, which is called Knigge Verify. And what that does, it um, basically fetches, like it looks through your code base for any modules which use Knigge. And then also, uh, and then basically checks, okay, is the implementation, which is configured at the moment, actually there, right? So, which would, the idea being that you capture typos. Because, I mean, I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me that like, that you put into a configuration the, the, the real module for production and you then like build a release and that it, in, in production it actually boils up because, well, you have a typo in there. So that's where Mixed Verify comes in and like it, where you just say, okay, for the product environment, please run Mixed Verify and then it checks, okay, are all the implementations there? It only checks if the modules are there. It doesn't really check, for example, if if it actually implements the callbacks and stuff, but on that front, you could, I mean, you can also rely on the compiler, right? The compiler prints out warnings when you don't have a callback implemented. And then you, for example, if you were say compile one as errors, then you would also get the same scenario in your CI system. But that's also something which, which it brings to the table and which, which helps in, in noticing these small errors, which otherwise might blow up in your face. Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Do you store somewhere in the module that a module uses Kinega? Um, how, how it actually works is a bit <laughs> backwards. Um, it, it defines a Kinega function with like ah. zero, zero arity. Just, which just returns okay. Oh, okay. And, it, and, and then, then it actually, like in, in the task itself, it fetches all modules which are defined by the application and just goes through each of one and checks if it has a Knigger function defined. Great. Nice. And so if, if you, if probably if you have like an app which has like thousands of modules, it might be a little bit slow, but I mean, in the, in the apps where we use it, this always finishes under one millisecond. So that's probably not half bad. You can choose to define it only in like a specific environment too, right? Like yeah, like dev environment where you run that task or something, but that's really cool. There's also a funny little story where this came from because in the beginning, in the very first version, Knigge actually did this at compile time. So I tried to like find out, okay, is the module at which you specify here or which you fetch from the configuration, does that actually exist, right? And that actually blew up sometimes because the compiler runs, compiles the modules in parallel. And for example, if it compiles the implementation first and then it encounters the behavior, the add behavior, it will stop there and then compile the behavior, right? But if it does it the other way around, it first compiles the behavior and only at some point later compiles the implementation, the implementation is actually not there at that moment. And so when Knigge then tries to find out if implementation is there, it will go boom. So that's something. That's the, that's the reason why, why why it's now a mixed task because like in the beginning it was this naive implementation, assuming I can just check if the, if the module I want to delegate to exists. But well, the compiler 
makes us non-deterministic. <laughs> so, what, yeah. you, can, you can require that though, right? In the using macro. Inside mm -hmm. the code, you could require the implementation module and ensure that. Yeah, that I, I can I can do that, but then I'm in a deadlock because then like the the behavior requires implementation and the implementation requires right. the behavior. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it actually does not work out. So yeah, with with the reason why this is now a mixed task and not something which Knicke does all the time. I actually have some thoughts for like a version 2.0 uh, because if you change how Knigge does this, um, if you, if you basically require that you use Knigge not in the behavior itself but in a different module and like then specify behavior somewhere else, you could then again do this at compile time because then you can actually say, okay, this is a separate module, the behavior, the implementation is a separate module, and my delegation module is a separate module. Now I can actually do these compile time shenanigans and say, okay, this has to exist and this has to compile first. And But yeah, not, not sure yet how, how that would look like in, in practice, to be honest. I mean, you can already say for Knicker, use Knicker and then pass it a behavior, but it tends to be just easier to use it in the behavior itself um, because it's less typing. Sorry, actually, looking a little bit deeper, I finally understand more. I'm, I'm also just waking up. So if you see, I'm drinking my coffee right now. So now I understand more about what this thing does. It is actually pretty cool. It's basically like synthetic sugar and what I already use. So it's it's definitely interesting. Sorry, I actually understand now more about what's going on. I'm just thinking in my head, you only have one implementation, right? Where you always pull it from the, well, you just give it the module based on your environment, right? What would be kind of cool is if there's like some kind of way to do runtime in the future. You can like actually do like, that. You can you actually can, do it. Really? It, has, it. It has an option. I mean, in the article, it's not that laid out. The article, I mean, I wrote that when I published yeah. the first version, right? So the, the, the library has a bit evolved, but it has, oh God, I have to double check, to be honest. I mean, it has an option where you can basically tell Knigge, okay, please delegate at runtime. And you can then also pass it like um, like a, the environment. So what Knigge does oh. by default by default, it, uh, it basically sets the, the the option to to delegate at runtime in a manner where only in the test environment, right? So we opt that's the default value. So in the test environment, it actually does delegate at runtime, which means it actually does the application get env at runtime each time you call the function. But that also means you can actually swap it out, right? So in your test, you could do application put env and put a different implementation in there, and that would actually work while it wouldn't work for production or for development. But if you want to do that, you can tell Knigge to do that. I mean, it means you have a bit more of an overhead because, I mean, you have to do the application get end every time, which is why Knigge by default does everything at compile time because it reduces the, yeah. the overhead for a function call. But if you need that, the option is there. Really, I'm trying to find the information. I do see the option for runtime, but I was curious about how can we do that? Because I'm thinking like to myself, like if you have like a bunch of, services you need to pass information to maybe once overloaded how can you maybe swap out so that you can say okay instead of sending the 